Welcome to another episode of Lady, You're Scaring Us. A bonus episode. I'm Taylor. I'm Hillary. And today, I'm going to be sharing some stories about some survivors. Do it. Let's get it. So, some of these women are well-known, others not so much, but they went through very traumatic events, situations with horrible men, and came out on the other side on top and sharing stories. So, hated to love it, the underdogs on top. That sounded good. It's a song. I know, but it's like, it's not like you wrote it. (laughs) Okay. So, the first one I'm going to start off with, this bitch, I say bitch with respect. Like a bad bitch. She is a bad bitch. Yeah, she is. Mary Vincent. Yeah. That's who we're going to start out with. Okay. So Mary Vincent at the time in 1978 was 15 years old. Um, She was from Berkeley, California, and she had made the decision on September 29th, 1978, that she was going to hitchhike. Mm. To her uncle's house not, in Los Angeles. No. Or not or her grandfather's house, excuse me. Not uncommon during those times. Right. This was a normal thing. Yeah. The hippie days. Oh, this friendly stranger wants to give me a ride in his minivan. I shall take it. It's a free ride. I don't have to pay for anything. She is started on her hitchhike. And as she's walking, a blue van drives up beside her. An older man asks her where she was headed. Hey, sweet cheeks, where you going? You need a ride. She agrees to take the ride with the man up to Los Angeles. The man was 50-year-old Larry Singleton. Knowing it was going to be a long trip, Mary dozed off and eventually fell asleep. She sensed no danger whatsoever. Yeah. She said, I didn't feel uncomfortable. Right. Nothing about it was off. Yeah. And I'm sure she'd hit strike four. And she's 15. Yeah. So I have questions about that. But hey, the different time. It was a different time. The beginning uh, of the end, probably. <laughs> like, no. Like, Dead ass. Yeah. It's, around, it's just right around the Golden State. Yeah. Like, just yeah. all of them. Eventually, Mary wakes up and notices Larry is going the wrong way. They had skipped the turn to Los Angeles. Larry assured her it was a mistake and that he would turn the car around right away. You better bitch. As he pulled over to the side of the road, he claimed that he had to pee. As both of them got out of the car and decided to stretch it out, uh, Mary noticed her shoe was untied and bent over to tie it. That's when Larry crept up behind her and hit her multiple times in the head with a hammer. Then, while she was dazed and confused by the blows from the hammer, he forced some kind of unknown alcohol down her throat Mm. and drew further up the mountain on the side of the road near a canyon. He then tied her arms behind her back and repeatedly raped her. Larry decided he was going to kill her because, I mean, she knows what he looks like. He's too identifiable. She's been in his vehicle. She's been there. She she knows too much, so she's got to go. So he laid her body on the side of the road, pulled out a hatchet, and proceeded to hack at the girl's arms. Yeah. So she's already gotten hit in the head with a hammer mm-hmm. and been raped and now he's hacking her arms do you know at what point like was it the elbow or the right shoulder at the elbow, at the elbow? Okay. yeah right at the elbow now keep in mind mary is still somewhat conscious during all of this he then threw her body off the canyon how far like 50 feet off the canyon assuming that she would die due to blood loss mm-hmm. miraculously she survived I would have I would have laid down and died. Not Mary. <laughs> Not Mary. Telling you what Hillary probably would have done. <laughs> Just, no, I mean she. No, good, good now this fuck. is the part that's like insane. No, no, this is it. Just think about it. She crawled all the way out of the canyon and down a road until she saw like civilization and people and got the attention of people. She has no arms, forearms. Um, and she's lost a lot of blood and been hit in the head with a hammer. Yeah, so yeah. she's fucked up. She eventually catches the attention of a woman walking her dog and then she grooms somebody else and then two women ended up taking her to the hospital. The women were us- using towels on her to try to yeah. stop the blood. Later down the road, after she recovered, Mary described her attacker and pretty soon Larry was identified by his own neighbor. Good. I know that guy. Holy Larry, shit. Larry, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the fuck? 
what the fuck? He said he was going grocery shopping. I can't stand. Uh, you know, I always knew there was something about that guy. Fucking Larry. At first, he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. And at the time, I know, but at the time, there was no like lifing, life sentences for stuff like that. Until that bill changed, and then he eventually got life in prison. Good. He died December 28th, 2001, in jail from Quite. cancer. Of course. Question. Do we know if that is the only time he had done something like this? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look it up because I was too focused on the survivor. And that does not sound like a first offense. No. I mean, oh, I'm just kind of thing. fuck her up real quick and toss her down a cliff. Uh-uh. Cut her fucking arms off. Yeah. So now... Like you just had all that... Sh- like he woke up that day. Yeah, for sure. Now... I feel like this needs to be a full episode. I mean, it now, can Now be. I'll just listen to somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about survivors. Right. But she's too much of a badass not to bring it up. I'm sure somebody out there has a really great one. Mary, after recovering, has now prosthetic forearms. Mm, I've seen pictures of her before. Yeah, we'll put up a picture on Instagram. She actually went on to be a mother of two and a talented artist. That's so cool. she learned to cope yeah. with all the things that she lost. And she is 58 today. Cool. So. God, that's crazy. Yeah. Crawled out of a canyon. I don't know if my will to live would be that strong. I know. My, I told you. <laughs> I would lay there and just die. I don't know if I could do it. I want... I want, yeah, I'm gonna have to find some more stuff. I want to know how long she's been in the hospital. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a very long process, but that was just a sped up version of it. Can you imagine? No. (laughs) Like, you know how fucking hard it is to cut bone yeah he was there for you know he was there for a minute that wasn't doing just that. a whack God the, damn. the pain that she went through and mm-hmm. then had to climb out of the canyon with no forearms <gasps> baddest bitch i've ever heard of she really is no yeah like yeah. so i was gonna say hands down <laughs> so that was mary vincent damn. i have some a uh, couple other ones so i have a question for you mm-hmm. it's just scenario if you were ever kidnapped and held somewhere mm-hmm. how do you how would you try to get out it depends on the situation say you were they say ne- they say never like do everything you can possibly do to not get in that car because the minute you're in that car it's done you know what i mean like they say if somebody tries to pull you into a car if you can't do what the fuck ever you can do to not get placed in the car now if you, and then you need to get to that place but say like they stun you know because there are situations where they drugged like, you and stun then, gunned you yeah the whole thing um i i'm a pessimist okay so i'd probably lay down and die all right what would you do i'd be trying i've been i'd be plotting honestly it would depend on the situation really. i'd be plot like if he was holding me captive somewhere like he like this guy has held this girl mm-hmm. captive i would be plotting or reverse psychology and be like i'm in love with you mm. yeah, and play it up like that i will actor. say when they pull that whole if you scream i'll kill your whole family i'm fucking screaming my mom used to because i know they're lying yeah i used my mom used to tell me when i was little because if someone says yeah if someone ever tells you that they're gonna kill me say no the fuck you ain't yeah <laughs> That's what, yeah, they're lying. Like, I know where your family, okay. <laughs> yeah, she was actually like, you could try. I, I'm not saying I don't care about my family, but you're a fucking liar. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to fucking scream. I say that, but I don't, you know, nobody knows what they would do in that situation. I could freeze up. Probably would. Continue. Okay. So then this is the story of Jessica Mellenberg. I actually saw. Mullenberg. Mellenberg. Yeah, I actually saw, um, 
her on one of the ID shows or Lifetime shows or something. So Jessica Mullenberg was 13 years old uh, in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. She had a talent for writing stories. No one would guess that her love for sharing stories would steer her away from her family. Previously, Monica and Dale, her parents, had gotten a divorce and her mother had received primary custody of the teen. The father had visitations on weekends. Dale, Jessica's father, eventually settled down in Oak Claire, Wisconsin, and uh, Jessica was there every weekend. The man who set his mentally ill and unstable sights on Jessica was Stephen Oliver, a man who was in his 30s and is the creepiest motherfucker I've ever seen. When I was looking at these pictures, the only thing I could think about was Lovely Bones. Mm-hmm. That's all I saw yeah, when he, I was he looking He did at look them. similar to that dude. I'm talking like... The glasses and the... Yeah. It might be it might be the glasses. He had previously worked as an aide at Jessica's school. Um, he had sexually assaulted Jessica from the time she was in third grade until, she, until present at this time was seventh grade. How... I don't know, but eventually he had enough access to her that he was seeing her all the time that he could do that. Mm -hmm. Because of her age and her easily malleable psyche, Oliver threatened and scared her into being quiet about it. His obsession with Jessica was so sick, he followed Jessica and her father to any new city in Wisconsin that they moved to. He would lavish her with gifts, offer her rides in his car, and just all-around inappropriate behavior. Jessica's mother, Monica, took notice and attempted to get a restraining order against him because she felt the gift in his disproportionate attention towards her was highly inappropriate. There was no proof of the crime, therefore they, he, they couldn't put a restraining order on him. Mm-hmm. In an attempt to get closer to her, Oliver moved to Washa, Wisconsin, where her mother lived. But after a threatening encounter with Mama Bear, he moved right back out. Mama was like, uh, get the fuck away from my kid. I know what you're about. Get away. He eventually moved across the street from Jessica's father and watched her from afar. It was during a weekend and easily manipulated Jessica was um, savagely lied to by Oliver. He told her that a publishing house in Madison wanted to publish a story she had written and wanted to talk to her in person to know more about Mm -hmm. it. It was a common ruse for him, apparently, that he had tried multiple times before with other little kids. There was no publisher. There never was a publisher. That's just how he got her to go with him. This interaction between Oliver and Jessica happened on September 16th, 1995, and that would be the last day anyone saw her again for three months. For the next three months, 13-year-old Jessica would be held hostage in a motel room in Houston, Texas. She was brainwashed through brutal and still misunderstood methods, mainly being like, you're going to meet these publishers with all their stories and like grooming to the most disgusting extent. She gave up resisting constant sexual abuse and waited for a time to plan her escape. Oliver told her he would kill her entire family if she told anyone or tried to escape. Um, He disconnected the phone in the motel room so she couldn't call out. She started to believe that she was somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like his alibi was that they were father and daughter. Mm -hmm. I remember that from the show. And he had brainwashed her so much so that she started to believe it. Eventually, all the flyers, the missing persons ads, all that went across the news, went everywhere, and eventually landed on America's Most Wanted. The manager of the motel that they were staying at um, recognized the father and daughter duo and quickly realized that that was not the case and called the police on December 28th, 1995. And they rescued Jessica from Oliver. In his trial, he claimed that he was completely innocent and that he was just trying to get her away from her, quote, abusive parents. I remember from the show, she even said that when the police broke in, like busted up in the hotel room, she was like, what are you doing? That's my dad. Like, I'm not Jessica. I'm whatever name he told her. Mm -hmm. I think it was Sally or Susie. She was like, no, that's not who I am. I'm 
Susie or whatever. And that's my dad. What are you doing? Like he had her so brainwashed. Yeah. He eventually was sentenced to 40 years in prison. That's fucking crazy. And uh, his release date is 2036. He's still alive. She later on married and has two kids. She got an, she has her bachelor's in psychology with honors and she's a counselor now. That's good. She also is a public speaker and goes around and talks about sexual assault victims and PTSD and all those things. Yeah. So she took that tragic thing that happened to her. I and think, yeah, I think it's great when people can do that. I just don't, I don't know that I could. I'm sure it took a long time for oh, her to I'm get sure. there, but. And it killed 40 years. Why? That is the type of man that needs to be locked away forever. I don't fucking get it. Anyway, next person before I get mad. <laughs> Another kidnap scenario. This one was just weird and random. Jane Kloss. Or no, Jamie, not Jane. Jamie Kloss. Never heard of her. Uh, this was actually more recent. Also in Wisconsin. Fucking cheeseheads. <laughs> They're fucking weird. What's in the cheese? I don't know. A rape drug? So they all pass out. October 2018, uh, Jamie was kidnapped from her home after an intruder killed her parents in a nighttime raid. A nighttime breaking and entering. A B&E, if you will. Bacon and egg? <laughs> no. <laughs> She was 13 years old. After the murder of her parents, 21-year-old Jake Thomas Patterson put Jamie in the trunk of his car and drove her to a remote cabin where he barricaded her under his bed. You know what? Maybe I now had, maybe I did hear this. Barricaded her under his bed for almost three months. Oh, God. 88 days to be exact. Jesus. Like, what the... What, what was your plan? He just wanted a, like a souvenir? I don't understand. I feel like I do vaguely remember. He didn't know her, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, he'd trap her under the bed and he would like barricade her under the bed whenever he would leave so that she had no mm-hmm. escape whatsoever. She was there for 88 days. That's she slowly started to kind of go, her mind started to go a little bit, yeah. but eventually like every day she would plan out how she would get out or she'd stick things in certain places to where that she could get out of, from underneath the bed when he would leave. And, and then what sucks too is in that kind of situation, you probably get excited when they do come home because you're not stuck under the bed anymore. So it's like a fucked up like, yeah. oh shit, he's here. And oh my God, he's here. Thank God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's this fucked up like. Mm-hmm. In January 2019, Jamie's plan to escape finally happened. She had wedged something in between um, the furniture and the cage that he had her in under the bed. How do you fit a cage under a bed? I don't know. Apparently it was lifted. She somehow another got out. She ran barefoot through woods for miles until she found a road that brought her to a town that brought her to safety. She now lives with her aunt and is going through years of therapy. Yeah, I, I, I remember it now, now that I'm seeing him. Broke into the house, killed the parents, kidnapped her for 88 days. That's weird. Like I that it's sex it, stuff. It's crazy in my mind that people can come back from that, but they do, and that's amazing. But like, God, a long you can see why people road. don't, and yeah, not everybody comes out of things like this okay, uh-uh. and they don't all go on to do good things and you can definitely see why but they it's great that these people are there because it does show that you can yeah. overcome these things but like you said it, it, it i'm sure it requires a lot of help and support but those are some badass girls for show survivors yeah. i just thought we were talking a lot about the ones that didn't make it and i wanted to put light on the ones that did and what happen afterwards yeah we'll find some more good more not feel good stories but we'll have to find some more stories that don't have such grim womp womp endings yeah did it say how long he was gonna be in jail for the jake thomas person uh, or his shit's still probably going on it's all, i think it's still ongoing because mm. i didn't get one but yeah 
Mm. All right. Well, there's your little bonus episode, as always. You know, lady, you're scaring me. <laughs> yeah. Hit us up on Instagram. DM us, lady underscore you're scaring us. Just say hey. Send us recommendations for full episodes, bonus episodes, whatever. Just say hey, whatever you want to do. Just don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's been mean yet, but <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I can't wait. Go ahead and try. That's what I was about to say. Go know. ahead and try to hurt the feelings we don't have. Uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. We do. It'll make us upset. We'll probably laugh about it. That's how we're going to cope with it. And then cry. And then later. cry. Later when we're not around. We think about it all the time. <laughs> but. Alrighty. Thanks for listening as always. Bye. Bye.